and welcome to the Off Off Menu Podcast Podcast. The podcast dedicated to all things off menu. That's the food podcast. I saw um, when I was looking up, there's other off menu podcasts. Is there? Yep. But they're not about food. I think one is about sports, and then there's one about. I think there might be another one about food, but it's not dedicated to the off menu podcast. So when we run out of episodes, we can go on to those ones. Oh, okay. Okay. That's good. Well, yeah, at least. Yeah, there's more off menus, different versions of to 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 go through. Then after after we've done however many episodes there is of the off menu podcast, mm, mm. I was I was worried for a second then that um that that there was a competitor. No, that yeah, no, there isn't. So I did good. see um online on uh, on the YouTube's there was um someone had done the rip off menu podcast. Right. Okay. But it, it was just them discussing their dream meal. It wasn't them discussing the off-menu podcast. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. So that's yeah. okay. So as long as they don't encroach in our space. But I was a bit worried. The rip, the rip-off menu podcast. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. We'll be working through all the off-menu podcasts, but at the moment we're just doing the James A. Caster, Ed Gamble off-menu. It'll podcast. be like a Google search where. We go through every everyone that's related to off menu, and then we'll do any podcast that has got the word off in it, <laughs> and then eventually we'll end up as kind of you know just talking about dog food or something. I don't know. Yeah, that could come up in someone's dream mail in the future, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. They uh, um, interview Lassie, maybe. That would be nice, like that. Yeah. Um. So we go through every weekend. Um, talk about the menu choices of the guest on the off menu podcast food news yum 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 food news before we do so um have you got any food news dan uh, since what we're continuing this uh format point food news um uh, have you got any you go first because I, I need to think <laughs> Dan, this is a format point. We've, you know, I was really banking on you this week because I haven't got any food news. I, I, I guess we could talk about. Go on. Um, we've got. Well, it's not. Well, it's kind of my food news, but my wife Rachel has made a banana cake today. We've been, uh, like most people during the coronavirus lockdown pandemic things, we've been doing banana breads, but we've been doing it before mm-hmm. then as well. But we've discovered some new ones. Um, in the last few months mm-hmm. so um, this latest um, banana bread was a chocolate and walnut banana bread okay uh, pretty good pretty good there you go that's uh, that's food news yeah, food news and you oh um, um, oh yeah so I, I guess well if we expanded it to food drink um, my partner Amy um, got us the ingredients to make a cocktail called the Sawback and this is a cocktail that we had in Banff, uh, a place called Banff Distillery and there they have a chilli vodka okay, um, which is with uh, agave syrup uh, was it agave or agave? doesn't matter it's just, doesn't matter I don't think so Just uh, okay. agave well, probably agave or agave <laughs> So it's with agave syrup agave, and yep. pineapple 
um, and it's it's a really nice cocktail any, anyway so um, if anyone is into their cocktails especially pineapple based ones just have a quick google because I think it is online the it's called the sawback and it's, the sawback yeah um, the problem is over here that you can't really get chili vodka so we're gonna um, infuse our own bottle of vodka with some chilies and, and see how that turns Can't out. You just put some like chili sauce on it. It's not the same, is it really? I don't know. I, d I, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. But, I think it's probably better yeah. if you infuse the vodka. Yeah, sure. But then you've got a whole load of chili vodka. Yeah, but it's a good cocktail, so oh, okay. it, it works. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a so, yeah. food and drink news. Well, it's got yeah. pineapple in it, and that's a food. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the episode of Nish Kumar, then. Uh, yeah. We'll start with the secret ingredient. They chose gold. It's a Christmas episode. Yeah. Um, so it is it is quite Christmassy themed. Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas. Continue. Merry Christmas. And it's snowing, though, so that's quite Christmassy. Yeah, it is. So it's, uh, what are we on? The 24th of January, so yeah. a month after Christmas. Um, yeah. We've got snow here. And, yeah, so the secret ingredient was gold. Um, any particular thoughts on that? Yeah, this is the first secret ingredient that I agree with. Mm -hmm. Because I don't see the point of it. Having gold yeah. in food and drink. Yeah. Like, leaf gold, isn't it? That's what, that's what they're talking about, rather than... Mm -hmm. Having a pound coin on top of your sorbet, which would, yeah. which I'd, yeah. I'd be, I'd, that'd be okay with, because then I just put keep the pound coin. Mm -hmm. But it's when you're eating the, it's like gilded gold stuff, isn't it? Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, your thoughts? Well, there's no taste to it, is there? There's no, no taste. No, no. It's all aesthetic. Yeah. Um. So it, I think it is. It, it, I think it was probably in fashion. For about six months, about you know maybe eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, I think and so. And you still see it appearing, and you just kind of go, well, why? Yeah. There's really no need for it. Did you ever have any of that like vodka or like spirits that had the gold in? I th I think I might have. I think I might have tried it once, and that as well. It's just a huge novelty, isn't it? I don't know. That's pure novelty. Yeah. Well, someone told me that the reason it's got the gold in it because when you drink it, it cuts your yeah. throat, and <laughs> yeah. then you yeah. get more alcohol into your blood. Perfect. Yeah. Is that is of that course. that can't be true though, can it? I uh, <laughs> listen. I've heard the same rumor, and a rumor like that doesn't carry so far without it being true. I, I think there must be some truth in there that that vod that the vodka with the bits of gold in it will cut your throat. <laughs> from the inside like there's obviously been tests done for that to be true there's been tests done and for those tests to be done it must have gone wrong maybe I mean it doesn't sound an appealing thing anyway I'd rather just... I think it's true I, I I can't see how that's not true you could just eat a razor blade though and then have a a little glass of whiskey and then that does the same job yeah yeah I suppose don't do yeah. that at home probably no no I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest that but you know I think that was another kind of um, gimmick wasn't it for a while the, the gold yeah flaked vodka but you know if if there is science behind there then go for it I think there was one this year 
at Christmas it was like a snow globe it had gold gold in it and then that's right yeah it was at Marks and Spencer's and everyone was going mental for it yeah so maybe it's still there but I suppose the difference there is that it's a snow globe and I suppose that makes it more exciting and also we've had a pandemic so people go mad for anything I suppose at this time yeah yeah, I'm, I'm, and as soon as Marks and Spencer sell it, and I think it becomes kind of okay, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose. They can... You trust Marks and Spencer's to put the right sized flakes yeah. into a bottle of alcohol so it doesn't <laughs> shred your throat up. <laughs> Water. Um, it's maybe the first time we heard the, the official still or sparkling, is, mm. possibly. Um, and Nish Kumar, who uh, did we say that's the guest? Oh no, sure we didn't we did. say that. No, <laughs> we did the ingredient, and yeah, then it's Nish. Do you like Nish? Nish Kumar? Yeah, nice guy. I think you know, um, quite quite likable. I suppose He's, he comes across well in these shows. Yeah, and and it's nice to have someone who's a friend of the the podcast as well. Mm. Um, you know, it creates a bit more of a bantery kind of atmosphere in the in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's good. I quite, I quite, I think I quite like him, but I, w- I wonder if he'd be a bit too much if you knew him personally. I think so. Yeah, like, I think he can come across quite intense, yeah. can't he? he? He does the thing. I think maybe I've just seen too much of him on different things, but he always seems to mention himself in the third person quite a bit, which I think I. <laughs> I'd find it annoying. I think at this point you called it maybe Nishmas as well, which was just some kind of like <laughs> pun on that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that would just get a little bit tiring at some points. But you know, seems alright. Quite like it. I, I, I think you could probably get through that though. I think you'd get through the frustrating stage and then probably join in and maybe Dan, you, you'd start, you know. Uh, Mary Danmus or something. Well, I think that's probably the problem. I don't really have a name that I can make like fun puns out of. Whereas, um, yeah, Nish is you can, you can you can play around with that a lot a bit a lot more than Dan. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, I quite like it. I quite like his comedy. I quite like it, the shows he does. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think it's a good good episode. Great. So, um, still or sparkling? He went for still water. Yeah. Um, as he said, sparkling's too burpy. Uh, any thoughts on on that? Um, yeah, we said it was burpy for mouth and bottom burps. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I'd I'd, I'd stand by that still. Um, so still, yeah, I think there's not much to say. Is there on still or sparkling? No, I mean he hasn't offered anything that is worth comment apart from that it makes you burpy, and we all know that from fizzy pop. I guess is yeah. is fizzy water better than is it fizzier than fizzy pop? I feel like it is. Do you? I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's there's kind of like a more of a a burn on the tongue with sparkling water. Yeah. Than there is with kind of I guess that's maybe because with fizzy pop you, you'll get the the sweet come through as yeah, well. Yeah, maybe that will offset it. But yeah. Um, I've always thought that that sparkling water is a bit more fizzy. I think the bubbles are bigger. Mm. I will say that much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've no basis. I've never measured the bubbles, so maybe if you work in fizzy 
pub or Vizzy Water, you can get in touch and let us know if the bubbles yeah. are bigger or not. And has anyone got in touch? Because I know we've requested people oh. to contact us. Has anyone uh, got in touch, Dan? Not with me directly. I don't know if they've emailed the show. Okay. I don't think... I think people can message the podcast depending what um, format they're listen, listening it in or what platform they're on. But I don't think yeah. they've had any. But I think maybe they're shy. Yeah. Well, don't be shy, everyone. Are <laughs> we okay? Maybe they need to see a picture of us to know that we're not... Maybe, yeah. I think sometimes I sound worse than I am, like in person, because mm. I think I get this at work. People hear my voice and think, uh, and then they get have like an instant attitude towards me. I've felt that as well when I've been editing these together. The first couple, <laughs> I've had to remember that it's you. <laughs> Uh, Papadoms or bread? Niche chose Papadoms, mm. home cooked. Um, uh, I feel like, in you know, this happened maybe with Richmond Osmond that they choose Papadoms, but then they talk more about the bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think the bread's more exciting, probably. And I think like, well, like the was it Poirier's that Nish was talking about his grandma making. That just yeah. made me hungry listening to that, mm. and like, um, I really like um, like home style Indian cooking. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's probably what Nisha's grand does. That's um, mm. there's a few restaurants around here where it's kind of like people at home, like well, it's just like it's not a proper restaurant, but it's like people catering, doing like Indian catering. It's more for like yeah. Indian families and stuff, and it's kind of more of a home style, and it's a uh, really good um, yeah yeah so that just made me hungry listening to that but, um, yeah it's quite it was quite Indian heavy wasn't it the the chat yeah yeah lots of which talk is about, nice it's a nice change yeah. you mentioned quite a lot of, like about different shacks as well which is mm -hmm. probably a similar vibe of food as well it's just like you know people making the food that they know how to make and mm. sort of that, that made me sort of think like, oh, I want some, some of that shack food. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's kind of... And I, I like the idea, and I think at some point during the podcast, they talk about the best Indian restaurant is always the one that's round the corner. Yeah. And I can't remember if we took you to the one near us in London. I don't know. Did we ever take you? I can't remember. I don't think but it's so. literally... It's the closest shop to where we used to live in London, okay. um, in Barnes, and it was you'd go there, and it was quite stereotypical. It was like a living room. The staff were quite rude. There was the really rude old man, um, but the food was just amazing. Mm. But I think I can't remember who we might have took there, but whoever we did, we kind of went. This is the best Indian food, and you'd go there, and it's really good, but the best Indian restaurant is the one that's around the corner from you. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think Indian food is, it can be varied, but it's, it's all a really good quality. Mm. Mm. Did I, I just, I added on my notes as well about, cause they were talking about Nish opening a restaurant and he would open an Indian mm -hmm. restaurant. Um, I, I wondered what restaurant you'd open if, if you started a restaurant, what type of food that would be. Yeah. So I've, I've, um, I'd know that already. I know what the answer is. Don't even have to think about it. So I've I've got an idea for 
a Russian style um, restaurant. A Russian. And it's a Russian. So it's it's food that was served during and shortly after the war when Russian books were around. Okay. And it's making um, dishes out of those things, and it's it's kind of you know your traditional nineteen forties uh, menu. So it would be kind of jam roly poly. It would be like spam, mm. uh, all those, but done really well. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and the the feel of the restaurant is you go in and it would be the decor of the nineteen forties. It would play all that kind of music. Um, you might eat out of you know. Uh, off kitchenware that's like that just thought yeah that's I think I think when I was in London and I think when I was working on these kind of food shows I thought that is a really good idea that I haven't seen okay, yet okay yeah yeah um, so that's what I'd do not that that's my f- perfect type of food if I was you know my maybe my favourite type of restaurant food is smokehouse style yeah. barbecue um, but as a kind of an idea it would be 1940s ration style mm. what, yourself Dan? yeah I think I had a similar thought that it wouldn't be the food that I would want to eat all the time but something that is different that I've never seen before um, and it just kind of linked to yours as well because mine was going to be just a spam restaurant <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah. it would be like I, I... spam in different types of you know different cuisine um, obviously, we'd have the spam balaya, which um, yeah, which you which it, that's that's a, you've won yeah. uh, competitions on yeah, I've won. I've that. submitted that idea to spam, and they um, I won a competition where I won some spam merchandise with that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'd do that. Um, I think like there's loads of stuff you could do, and also I'd probably mm-hmm. I think because we talked um, previous about. Like the hipster reps, restaurants with all the different types of um, cereals and you know rare rare mm. cereals and stuff. I'd do that with the spam as well. So yeah. uh, as you know, you've you've been abroad and seen a different world of spam. So mm-hmm. I'd I'd be exploring that, getting some of those different flavors in to do different dishes. Uh, I think yeah. that'd be yeah. all right. Yeah, no, that's a great mm. idea. I think you'd have to get the um, the 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 sign off from spam I suppose before opening it or would you kind of yeah would it be done anyway regardless I don't know as long as I don't use the name spam it's probably that'd be hard to do a, a restaurant based solely on spam How... not to call it have like some kind of spam pun yeah I don't know did did spam a lot get sign off from spam I think it did yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, if they can get it, then surely I can. Yeah. You know, it's only, it's only sort of pushing. It's not like having a go at spam. It's sort of pushing spam on people. Mm. You know, um, marketing spam in a way. You know, getting their business. And yeah, yeah. I think they'd go for it probably. I mean, if it, yeah, no, I've. I'm sure they'd want to endorse us. They can like provide like spam uniforms and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. Like a, a man, they need like a spam suit of like a big tin of spam that the man, someone yeah. wears and goes out on the street and sort of raises the profile of the Would rest. That be of... you? Nope. Would it be uh, uh, spam down? <laughs> you know, going off off what Nish might do, <laughs> going spam down. And it would be you, but in cartoon spam. Maybe. I think I'd probably 
employed just like a, a little a young boy who needs a job a little uh, street urchin or something maybe because okay you know i like to reach out and help the poor and stuff like that so that's all all you need is one of those people that work at hamley's yeah the enthusiasm then the enthusiasm someone yeah. like that would be would be great just, for a, your span. just a student isn't it you just need a student who's yeah. you know strapped for cash who needs to who doesn't mind humiliating themselves wearing a big old spam costume Uh, starters mm. um, Nish chose a kebab mm. uh, it was a lamb kebab mm. um, out of one of the shacks mm. um, out of the back of is it a pub called the Owl and Pussycat yeah I think so yeah yeah um, what, what are your thoughts on this that's a good starter yeah that's a, that's a yeah, good no doubt no starter. doubt I think if I go to like an Indian if, if we ever get to choose starters I think I always like want to do a kebab because I think that's like I think you get sort of enticed by like the union barges and stuff like that sometimes mm. but they're not always that great and like a, a kebab like uh, as a start as always they're always really good mm. Mm. so I'd go for yeah, that yeah I think um, I think I think I don't know if I'd choose it in an Indian restaurant but I've definitely been down the likes of Curry Mile in Manchester mm. And got a kebab from yes. there, like a you know a similar style oh, kebab, and man. it's just so good. It's so good because they do it properly in the clay ovens. It's proper meat. Um, you know they they kind of they have the right amount of salad and sauce and everything like that, and it's huge. I think one of the best kebabs I've ever had is down Curry yeah. Mile. Um, yeah, and so I can totally. I'm totally on board with that. I was going to say the same. I think the best one I had down... Well, I think that I've had a really good one in Coventry, which is a Turkish one, but for Indian kebabs, it was down Curry Mile, or just off Curry Mile, and it was like a Kabida mm. kebab, and it was kind of like about mm -hmm. like half a metre long, probably, and, and they yeah, made yeah. The, uh, the, the naan bread sort of like fresh, and they made yeah. that long as well, so it was just like this yeah. big old long kebab I had like two kebabs in it and it was just like so good mm. so good so yeah yeah I'm very happy I mean that chutney sounds good as well it's like tomato and mint chutney I think that sounds nice yeah yeah so I, I, yeah I think that's a good a good choice I don't know whether the starter he mentioned had bread with it I presume it must do yeah I, I think for it to be a kebab surely well, it look, does, the kebab it? is the meat isn't it you don't always get I guess, I guess. But I'd ask for a bit of bread if it didn't come with bread already. But, yeah, uh, I think, I think one of the best, you know, one, a good kebab, and there's quite a lot of variety. It can, you know, even the Greek do it quite well. A good kebab, you there's not much that can beat it really. I don't no. think on a you know a really good kebab. Um. Um, and so, um, what about kind of considering this is the Christmas episode, and James and Ed talk about their Christmas starters? Um, James would have a uh, 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 prawns with a Mary Rose sauce, and Ed would have ham for breakfast, cooked by his gran, uh, with eggs on yeah, toast. Yeah, much prefer that. Yeah. yeah. So it's a prawn with Mary. That's just prawn cocktail, isn't it? Yeah, with Mary sure. Rose sauce, yeah. and I think as we discussed mm -hmm. last last episode, 
I'm not of no interest in prawn cocktail. No, oh sorry, it's with avocado. Even less so. so yeah, avocado. Because yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say about the avocado, I don't, I don't get what the fuss is. Really? Yeah. You don't like avocado? Yeah. I mean, guac. Guac. But okay, yeah, guacamole. What What are you eating yeah. that for? Is it for? The taste of the avocado, or it's is it fresh. all the lovely bits that are on the avocado, like the chili and the lime, and the oil and stuff like uh, that? Yeah, I, I guess, I guess so. But I would argue that those elements bring out the flavour of the avocado. Well, I don't. I think avocado on its own doesn't have much exactly. taste, but I think, I think once you add a bit of salt and maybe lemon and and garlic, I think you can bring out the flavours of the avocado. I think there is some flavour there oh, in yeah. avocado, it just can't be found that, that well. It's not that good a flavour though, is it? Uh, I think that the hype's way too much for yeah. what it is, but I would, I would say that avocado is alright. Yeah, so it's alright, but I don't... It's not my, my ultimate starter for, like, Christmas dinner. No. Like, if, it, if it's on, no. if it's on, if it comes with something, like, if I'm having a starter and it's kind of on the side of something or, you know, if we go for a Mexican and there's avocado, like fresh proper avocado guacamole where it's chunking or that, I'll eat it. But mm-hmm. it's not something that I get really excited about. Like some people have like avocado mm. on toast every day and I'd rather have butter. Butter is not, butter's yeah. nicer than avocado. <laughs> yeah, okay, I agree with yeah. you there. And in a way, I'd uh, probably have like butter guacamole instead of avocado guacamole you know just lumps mm-hmm. of butter with like lime on and salt and chili and stuff that would be delicious on a mexican i reckon yeah yeah so get rid of the avocado just yeah. have some butter that's what i say <laughs> Fair enough. i mean you've Fair lived enough. in the heartland of avocado which is london town so yeah you probably had more exposure to it rather than in Coventry where I don't think they know what it is here still. Yeah, I think I think as a an outsider living in London, going into a world of avocado, you do kind of go, I don't get it. Because in a lot of places in London, you'll pay about £9 and it will be avocado on yeah. toast. And they call it smashed avocado, yeah. just to you know, make it trendier. It's again. I'll I'll reiterate. It's nice. I like it, and I, uh, but I would rarely get it in a restaurant because I would rather have you know a full English. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would. I'd, you know, there are days when I would have an avocado and smash it. Yeah. On some toasted, and it's all right. It's all right. But I would. Yeah, I I agree. I would just have butter. Yeah. I think butter is is perfect for a piece of toast. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, I think the ham sounds. Like, I haven't even thought about having like Christmas ham as a breakfast thing. Like yeah, that, that's well yeah. nice. Like having big old roast ham, eggs and yeah. Yes, please. I mean, I might I yeah, might no, do that I'd... for Christmas next year. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, great idea. I'm totally on board with that. Especially, you know, introducing new traditions, uh, Christmas ham, mm. uh, leftover ham, especially with with yeah. eggs, sounds great. I'd mm-hmm. definitely go for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, cool. Do you like blimmies? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't mind blimmies. I think they're all right. Have you ever had them for Christmas? Nope. No. No. Traditional box fizz for me. We've had. Oh, am I getting the wrong idea as well? Because isn't there like blinis as like a drink, but then it's also a small mm-hmm. pancake. Hmm. I know what you mean. Because I've had blinis like the small pancake, which you put cream cheese and um, smoked salmon on. Yeah. So I've had that. Yeah. But I don't know what the drink is. I thought they were talking about the small pancakes. No, I was uh, a bill. So a bellini is it's pretty much books fizz actually. Okay. Um, so it's prosecco with peach puree or nectar. Oh. So that's how I pictured it, a, a Bellini. Um, I'm not wrong, though. I've not got that wrong, have I, about the Bellini pancake? I'm going to have to... So a, a Bellini pancake is Blini. So um, B-L-I-N-I. Yeah, Blini. How do you spell the Blini drink? B-E-L-L-I-N-I. Oh, Bellini. So it's Bellini. So what were they... And then, what were they talking about then on the episode? <laughs> <laughs> so I, when I was listening to it, my understanding was that James was saying thanks for the yep. blimmies, meaning the Bellini cocktails, which is the Prosecco and Peach. No, I thought you meant thanks for the blimmies instead of blinnies, blinnies, the pancakes. But I would. I would I wouldn't say that's much of a uh, a mistake to make in terms of, you know, grammar. Well, it's a bit different. It's a bit, but, What's like, it? to get be- <laughs> Bellini and Blimmy instead of... But all, he, all he's done there has got the M and the N wrong. You call them Blimmy, Blimmies? In the pancake version. Didn't they yeah. spe- I'm sure they spelt it. They said it was like, he spelt it B-L-I-M-M-I-E-S when it was meant to be B-L-I-N-R. B-L-I-N-I-S Did they say that? That's a Bellini, that's the drink that's No, but there's, the no drink. B- there's, no B- there's no E in that B-L-I-N-I-S Bellinis Ble- yeah, Bellinis, but you said Bellinis for the, for the drink But there's still an E The the pancake, there's no yeah, E exactly. It's B-L-I-N-I That's what I just said, but it's, if, if it's plural It's got an S on the end Yeah <laughs> <laughs> If if any listeners have continued to listen to this, then I'd be amazed. I think this is like, and good on this you. Is like a bit of excitement. We've also I, I feel this is very convoluted. I think there's a disagreement offered. A bit of a conflict has entered into the podcast. Dragon. It was definitely the pancakes. That's definitely the drink, Dan. Definitely the drink. Okay. Well. Is there any way we can? Well, we'll go is back. Is there any way we can find out? No, <laughs> <laughs> because I think all that will happen is we can add a footnote onto the end of this episode, or the next episode, and one of us makes an apology. <laughs> I think we have to move on, Dan. Okay. We have to. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, main. Uh, Christmas goose with coke-soaked ham. 
Dan, your thoughts? Christmas goose, coke-soaked ham? I wouldn't have those together, probably. No. Nope. I quite like the goose now. I, I mm-hmm. prefer goose to, to turkey. I think I'm with Nish. Mm-hmm. I'm a goose convert. So we didn't have yeah. any turkey this year for our Christmas. We had goose. It was a three-bird game race, which mm-hmm. was goose, duck, and guinea fowl. Mm-hmm. And that was very nice. Much better than turkey. Yeah. I would say. See, I I like me turkey. I think I think turkey. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to contradict myself here because I've I've said in previous episodes that no one really likes turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I think I think it can be nice. I think when it's done properly, it can be all right. I don't think it's the best meat in the world. I think maybe in isolation, I think goose is probably nicer. I'd say ham's nicer mm. as well. But in terms of a Christmas meal, I'd have to go with turkey. I would think it's a traditional. Yeah, island, I isn't think. It, I guess it's. A, I think with a Christmas dinner, part of it is that you have to eat stuff that you're not really fussed about. Yeah. I suppose. And I think the turkey is part of that. So I like turkey. I'd say goose is fine. I think in isolation, the coke-soaked ham sounds really good Oh, yeah, good definitely. Well. Have you ever done that? No, I've never done it. I've definitely tried it, though. I've had it, you know. It's not an uncommon no, thing, is it? No, I think I remember when it first it was, like, becoming the rage. I think I read it in the Nigella book that we talked about. Mm. Um, I wondered whether, do you think... Um, with the coke, because I remember when I'd done it, it said to use full fat coke. Do you think that if mm-hmm. you didn't have coke for five years and then made the can with diet coke, do you think you'd know the difference? Uh, I don't think you would know the difference. No, I, I don't think. Yeah, it's the ham taste, isn't it? Yeah. It's the ham and the sweetness, and I think the coke just acts as a sugar. It's not, you know, you're not really getting that cokey taste. Yeah. It is, as Ed says, it's it's more for the molasses kind of brown sugary taste. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it with other soft drink. I think she done one with uh, cherry coke, right? And um, Fanta. I I was just about to say, could you have a ham soaked in Fanta because that's yeah, orange yeah, isn't right, it yeah. and ham and orange mm. goes well lilt would you do yeah, a lilt for a totally ham? tropical taste Dr Pepper yeah. Dr Pepper What I don't know what flavour Dr uh, Pepper like is cough mixture yeah maybe again do you think Dr Pepper's a real doctor like Dr Utka um, you would hope so you would really hope so. I hope so too. You can't have these doctors kind of, you know, the face of pizza and soft no, drinks no. lying to us. No, that's quite true. Um, Tizer? Oh, yeah, I think I really like Tizer. And it's, they've discontinued it. That, that used to be my favourite fizzy drink. <laughs> if anyone from Tizer's listening, then bring it back. Yeah, bring it back, yeah, please. That'd be good. Nish mentioned that um, sprouts are disgusting unless the you know the only reason people have them is because of the pancetta taste 
And he also argued that there's too much meat on a Christmas dinner with pigs and blankets as well. No. 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 I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with the pigs and blankets thing. Um, he said about the sprouts having... Just having a ball of bacon instead. Didn't he say about that? I don't know, I quite like a sprout. Mm. And I think... I'm happy with the way I do them now. I, I just kind of roast yeah. them off now rather than boil them. Because I think that makes them nicer. And like, even if it's just... Like this year mm. we didn't bother with the the pancetta thing. But we just um, mm-hmm. roasted them off in butter. And that was just really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot nicer than... But- I mean, I don't know who would boil sprouts nowadays in this day and age because I, I think people I know, still do though don't they're they? wrong because it's disgusting yeah. yeah so I don't mind them being there I mean do you have sprouts at any other time in the year other than Christmas no but I think it's becoming more acceptable to have sprouts throughout mm. the year I think I think you do see it in restaurants a bit more now that the sprouts are yeah you know not just seasonal. Well, that's the, the best of, because I never got around to the the best of 2020 for the off-menu one. And that, that came up with mm-hmm. Paul F. Tompkins, talked about sprouts for a side. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think they used to say about having it in a gratin, which I'd probably give that mm-hmm. a go. But yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I just, yeah, I need to have, have a, yeah, I need to probably experiment in the year having sprouts mm, yeah but, um, I think yeah spr- sprouts are definitely I think they've definitely um, they're just as we hope the green bean will you know their attitudes towards the green bean might change in yeah. coming years I think they can take a lot of influence from how sprouts have kind of adapted and become quite yeah maybe now. I quite like if you ever see sprouts on the stalk that's quite a pleasing yeah. thing and maybe they could like have a thing with that mm-hmm. where they roast the kebabs on the stalk and then sort of shave them off like a big donner kebab. Yeah. That could be like, that'd be like a hipster thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think it could definitely go in my ration yeah, restaurant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. I, I also on Sprout News, did, I, don't, I don't know if you had a word with Dad about this, but I bought some Sprout, sprout ketchup for him at Christmas. Yes. Yeah, I got some for my birthday as well. Oh, did you? How was it? Because I never actually tasted it. I've only seen it. Um, to to smell, it tastes like sprouts. Uh, it smells like mm-hmm. sprouts. Sorry, but to taste, it it is quite ketchupy. Okay. I don't know what they've done, and it is really nice. It's a really nice flavour, um, but it's still quite tangy. So I don't know what they've done to make the ketchup, but it becomes quite tangy, and <laughs> you get a bit of a sprout taste. But I wouldn't say. It's it's overwhelmingly sprouty and it's more ketchupy still. I think on a on a burger it would be really good and I think you know anything you have ketchup with it works really well. Mm. Ed then talked about the um, the moist maker sandwich. Yeah. Now I think for us Christmas sandwiches are quite mm-hmm. important. Um, I would argue that for me the sandwich is more of an occasion than the actual yep, Christmas dinner definitely. Um, and and Ed's um, version of his Christmas sandwich sounded pretty yeah, good Yeah. Uh, so I'll just talk through it it was um, 
it was toasted on one side, so two slices of bread toasted on one side. Mayonnaise, turkey, stuffing, pigs and blankets, cranberry sauce, and then the a, sec a third piece of bread which is in the middle, so you're talking about a club sandwich which is dipped mm -hmm. in gravy. And then he would then have another assemblement of the same ingredients but with carrots, parsnips and sprouts. Mm -hmm. What do you reckon? I think that sounded good. I think what makes that possibly is the the toasted on one side bread. Mm -hmm. so I think that makes more of a barrier. Because I think mm -hmm. when we've tried making Christmas sandwiches before, I think I've tried the moist maker. Mm -hmm. But I think with the bread being so soft, it just kind of all kind of merged. And I don't really feel like there was... I really noticed, it, noticed the, uh, the moist maker level. Well, I think with that, I think that's that's a pretty good way of uh, just adding a bit of a barrier and sort of a bit of crunch and keeping the the integrity of the gravy soaked bread. Because like, yeah. I mean, have you have you ever done like the thing at the end of a roast dinner where you've got gravy left on your plate? Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's, gra yeah. And there's gravy left in the in the uh, the jug, and then you just mm. have a piece of bread to mop up the gravy. Mm -hmm. Then you pour more gravy on, and then mm -hmm. you just have a little gravy sort of bread course yeah, yeah and that's amazing so yeah i think putting that in a sandwich is a great idea and i think the way he's done it is pretty good i'm going to try that actually the toasted bit quite like yeah. that yeah I, th I think it's definitely a worthwhile try i think i'm always trying to think of how to adapt the christmas sandwich mm. and i'm going to take a um i'm going to do a shout out to our sister caitlin kate who introduced me this year to the uh, her interpretation of the Christmas sandwich which was to add uh, Pringles so you don't have any um, potato in there but you have Pringles which you then smush down okay and that is that is really good she uses ready salted I then adapted that and had flavored um, kettle chips so like the pigs and blankets or the turkey ones okay that was really nice as well yeah um, but the the moist maker definitely try that. I would definitely try that. Yeah. I think the only thing I'd try as well is instead of toasting one side, I'd maybe fry it. Oh yeah, that'd be good actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe fry one side. The, the crisps in sandwich thing is like, I think that's so good. I love I love putting crisps in sandwich, and it feels mm. like a very sort of primary school thing to do. Mm -hmm. But. I've come back to it recently, and if I ever get like a, a meal deal, I always kind of pop a few crisps in there because it's quite nice to have the crunchy texture. Yeah. And um, yeah. have you ever seen? I, I think I was going to talk about this last time when we talked about sandwiches. Um, but like it's Max's sandwich shop. Have you ever seen that in London? I haven't. No. So he's got this guy Max. He's got a book as well, mm. um, which I got off from the library a while back. And like it's just amazing sandwiches. You just like a ham, egg, and chips sandwich, and it's like okay. um, ham, egg, like pick a lily, and then the chip elements like um, matchstick fries, but they're like fried till they're crispy. So they're like nice. little. If you ever get, you can get them from Marks and Spencer's. I've seen them there. It's just really thin potato chips, which are mm -hmm. like really crispy and crunchy. And like I've used them on a sandwich, and like. Just having that crunch is so good. He's been on like mm. Sunday brunch as well, doing like um, leftover sandwiches with like leftover like Indian takeaway. 
and he'll nice. he'll put like poppadoms in the sandwich to add uh, the crunch element. And like mm-hmm. I think I, the crunchiness in the sandwich is really good. I think that's something that um, really adds to the sandwich. So I think mm. the crisp that's a, that's definitely a good one. Definitely Pringles. Yeah. Mm. I think I think that's the only way I could adapt what Ed's done there. Obviously, he's missed out the bread sauce as well, which I think is an important yeah. ingredient in the Christmas sandwich. Um, but the only other thing is, yeah, because you need a, a potato substitute because cold potato doesn't really go. It doesn't really last, does it? It goes no. quite, I don't know, it goes quite claggy, I guess. It's quite a dense taste and the crisps acting as the potato works really well so I'd, I'd try ads and maybe add crisps in there yeah. and definitely fry instead of toast mm, mm, yeah I think that's that's yeah I think next next Christmas we should definitely get on with that so the side dish um, Nish obviously chose roast potatoes cooked in goose fat um, I don't think there's much denying that as a, a solid Christmas side. Have you got any thoughts on that? No, I, 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 it's just solid roast dinner side. But if, if you're talking about Christmas dinner, I don't think you really have a side. It's all part of the same thing. It's like with Richmond Osmond, the previous mm. episode, when he talked mm-hmm. about, was this Christmas dinner or was it just roast dinner? No, we had Christmas, Christmas dinner. Christmas yeah. dinner, and then he had his... Mm. With the macaroni cheese on the side, I think that's a yeah. better call. <clears throat> if you still yeah. if you still have any potatoes within that dinner, then I think that's um, a better call. Mm. Probably. Sure. I think there's. Um, I think you're right. I think there's better sides to be had. I think a Christmas dinner incorporates all aspects of the meal, and so you're you've then got free passes to have an an obscure side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the mac and cheese from last week I think that's a good shower I think that, yeah. that that would go pretty well I think one thing that um, I would like to dispute is they were harping on and, and I know last week um, we talked about it and, and it was in episode 3 um, about or episode 2 even um, about Michael Caine the chef Yeah. and this um, he comes up in this episode as well as being a pioneer uh, and an influencer when it comes to roast potatoes, and he suggested part boiling them and then fluffing them. Now, what's up, the same Michael Caine? I'm not, I'm not a Michelin starred chef, but I have been doing that without the the uh, the leadership of a, a chef like him. So how can he take the credit for something? It's like it's like me saying. Oh, uh, I, I'm gonna do. Uh, do you know what you should try? Is toast, but put butter on it. When did he say he invented it? It's. It was just in a cookbook. It was apparently it was in a cookbook a few years back, okay. which Nish and apparently a lot of people um, took his recipe and used it in their own Christmas dinners. And now it's become a staple of the Christmas dinner to part boil the roast potatoes. Then fluff them, then put them in goose fat and cook them. But I think as I've seen Jamie Oliver do that uh, years ago, yeah. and I think that he invented it. 
not Michael Caine. But he didn't, Dan. He didn't. It's just, it's been there for longer than Jamie Oliver has or it? Michael Caine. Yes. Where did you learn it from, it then? Has. From Dad. Where did Dad learn it from? He's, I, I doubt he would so have So I think Dad learned it from me, and I learned it from Jamie Oliver. No, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> I, learned it, oh. I learned it from Jimmy Oliver. Yeah. And he's, I'm sure it's him who done it. I just feel like it goes so much further back than Jamie Oliver but or Michael Caine. Maybe like, okay, maybe. I don't think it goes back far, as far back as Delia Smith. Because I feel like she was too, sort of, no, this is the way you do it. You do it properly. You put the potatoes in, you don't mess around with them. Mm. Like I don't even think she parboils them. Where I think it's like within Jamie's wheelhouse of sort of like, oh, get it going, pucker, lovely, oh, you know, bashing them all <laughs> up. Maybe Gary Rhodes. That's the only person I could think of before Jamie Oliver, who was maverick enough to shake the potatoes round in the pan to get them all fluffy. I just think. They're getting a lot of credit for something I don't think they invented. There's no way Dad invented it. I'm not saying Dad did. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. I'm but... not saying he did. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm, cer- I'm just saying. I'm certain that Dad got it from me, and I got it from Jamie right. Oliver. But I, I just think you know, potatoes—they're not a new <laughs> thing. If someone had said, "Oh, the best way to do sprouts is to actually fluff them, part boil them, and then you know." put them in some jam for a week and then do that i'd go oh fair enough because because sprouts are, are not like a you know potatoes have been part of he- the heritage of this great country so sprouts for hundreds and hundreds of years and jamie oliver can't hand on heart say that oh i invented the best roasties because i fluffed them around and put them in goose fat Polly, Polly. i i won't accept it well, he probably learned. I'd say it goes back. I'd say it goes back. I, I would. I would argue that Henry VIII would have sat there because didn't he invent the sandwich? Whoever invented the sandwich, when the sandwich was invented, it was probably the same time when someone decided to shake a potato a little bit and then fry it. I don't think most potatoes have been around that long, have they? I feel like they have, Dan. I feel like oh, I just can't accept that Jamie Oliver or Michael Caine. Invented them well, I think two years ago. Or it wasn't two years ago. I think it's like that's what it fifteen like or now. twenty years ago. That's when right. I first learned to do it. When I invented um, fluffy no. wrist potatoes. No. In no. nineteen ninety-nine. That's what happened. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think. Are you googling it? Yeah, now? I think he definitely popularised it. But he didn't. Well, he must have done though <laughs> because. I don't think. <laughs> oh, I don't know. When did they? When did they begin? They, I don't. I don't know. When did they have vegetable? I don't think they would have had vegetable oil in Henry the Eighth time, would they? Because they had goose fat. <laughs> of course, they didn't have vegetable oil. They had fat, <laughs> and so they would have. Fried I don't it think they would have cooked them in fat. I don't think they had geese back in Henry the Eighth time. I think Jamie Oliver invented geese. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's, you know, fair play on whoever's taken the credit, but you know, I'm not buying it. What about I'm the really like, not buying that. the smashed new potato craze that was kind of popular 
don't care who invented it's probably someone from the future who's going to come back and last week invents mashed potato I don't know I mean there's one there's, there's recipes on here for that which go back to 2012 2013 what's this for? the um, smashed up potatoes you know the yeah but that's that's different the roast potatoes and the roast potatoes mean the roast potatoes well if there's any historians listening let us know when uh, roast potatoes were invented and if they had geese back then too and I'm happy to call out those people that have taken credit circa 1995 to 2005 who've gone oh try this try Try, you know, shaking up your spuds and then putting them in goose fat. Rubbish. I, I guarantee that has been going on for hundreds of years. I think you're only saying that Michael Caine didn't do it because he's only got one real hand. I, again, this is fresh news to me. I, don't, I see people for more than how many hands that they have. And that is news to me that he has one hand. It's very easy to deny that on a podcast, but I think you know in your heart that... You hate the disabled. <laughs> Drink bottle of Malba. Yep. With coffee afterwards. Mm. Uh, any qualms on a on Malbec? No, I think it's quite nice. Quite like Malbec. Uh, in terms of red wine, I think that's a one of the better ones. Yeah, I don't really. I f- know a lot about red wine, but no. Um, I just go back what it says on the label. Uh, I've probably mm. had Malbecs. Where's it from, Malbec? Oh, I want to say Spain, but I don't know. Mm. But I think, um, for me, I find wine quite difficult because I always forget what I like. Yeah. Mm. But with Malbec, I think that's probably the only one that I would go, oh, I, I do like yeah. that. Yeah, it's pretty fruity, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Jammy. Yeah. I have nothing really else to say about that. I mean... I, I wish I had more to say about wine, but um, just don't. No, that's okay, Dan. <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> Dessert. Uh, Nish does not want the traditional Christmas cake because um, he doesn't like it, though he likes the idea of it getting set on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Which... <clears throat> Um, but this is a dessert I can definitely get on board with. It's the peach cobbler from Jackson and Rye. Yeah. Um, which was discontinued. Mm. We've been to Jackson and Rye, haven't Have we? I? In Richmond? I don't know. God, my memories. Oh! Great. Is that the. In Richmond? I don't, I don't Is that where we had a roast dinner? I think like we did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish I knew. Okay, yeah, we have been there then. That's exciting. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we've been yeah. to Jackson, right? And they didn't have the peach cobbler there. I thought I listened to this and then had since gone to Jackson, right? And they didn't have the peach cobbler or the the niche cobbler, oh. um, but they did have really good corn dogs. Corn dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Hold there. Is this um, the one on, like in the centre of Richmond, or is it like down by the river? Down by the river. Oh yes, I know the one now. Yeah, I think I had those corn dogs. Yes, we've been. Yeah, I had those corn dogs. Yes. It was good, and I had um, pastrami. It was something with like pastrami or maybe or shredded beef. Oh man, that was good. 
Yeah. And they had like pickled cucumbers, which turned me on to pickled cucumbers. Yeah. So uh, check that out once it's open again, everyone. Yeah, yeah. But but I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that you've admitted that you have been. <laughs> I forget that I got good with names of places and stuff like that. And whenever I go to London, it's just like a whirlwind of just like oh look at this the big city mm. the lights all the colours and stuff mm-hmm. so but yeah I, I remember that place that was good that was a good place it's a shame about the yeah. uh, cobbler no I think I've not really had peach cobbler and it's something I'd love to try yeah I, I think I, as as they said it is a proper American kind of dish but it just sounds like a crumble to me right Cobbler's kind of it's like a scone sort of topping, so it's kind of crumbly underneath, but then instead of crumble top, it's kind of more mm. scone. It's like smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I love that kind of dessert. So, mm. yeah. They didn't talk about what they'd serve it with, did they really? No. Would you just um, have it on his own, do you think, then? You'd have to have ice cream, surely. Would you have ice cream or custard with cobbler? I think it would have to be ice cream. Is it like an American... Well, I feel like peach cobbler is an American thing, but cobbler is probably... It is, for sure. I reckon cobbler was probably invented by Henry VIII. <laughs> and they didn't have refrigerators back then, so he probably had with custard. Yeah, do you reckon? Yeah, that's what I reckon. I think Simon Rimmer um, actually invented <laughs> it um, last, th- last Sunday on his TV show. And that's what he was saying. He was saying, <laughs> uh, you know, between the banter between them, oh. uh, that uh, he goes, do you know what? I, I'm I'm just gonna throw together all this stuff and make a a peach cobbler. That's probably I, I can got to be an English recipe, cobbler. I'm gonna have a look now. It uh, according to Wikipedia, um, old English. It's got to be old English. Place of origin, United States or England. Oh, that's so. inconclusive. But it's it's kind of, I see what you mean now, it's kind of like a dumplingy texture on top. Yeah, scone, yeah. It's scone batter. So it kind of, it sounds as though it should be English. Yeah. The elements are quite an English thing. Even the peach, I'd say, is, is that an English fruit? I, I feel like it is. I think it's um, more, it's a bigger thing in America, because remember that song, Peaches by... Uh, the presence of the United States of America. Uh, no, go on then. It's um, a song that they did in the mid nineties. Yeah, you're gonna have to sing it, I think. I can't because of copyright issues, probably. No, it um, doesn't matter. Check I, it out. I, I, I sing it and then we'll try and get it cleared. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I I don't know the chords. You don't need the chords. Just sing it. <laughs> I, I can't remember the. <laughs> no. Come on, I'll, I'll even. Go on, get the lyrics up. I know you're at your computer. Oh, it's just died, I think. <laughs> oh. It's uh, snowing outside, huh? Oh, who knew? Uh, well, I don't think it's going to happen. You don't need... You don't, no one wants me to sing that. That's okay. That's well, they okay. do, but that's what, it's not what this podcast is. Yeah. If you want to hear my music, then it won't be me singing Peaches necessarily, but... Check online. Yeah, yeah. Oh, worth a try. Yeah, sorry everyone. Sorry. Uh, overall ranking for um, Nish Kumar's 
Nishmas. Nishmas. Nishmas dinner. Dinner? <laughs> um, I would say... What did I say last time? 6.5 dinner or something. I think yeah. probably... B plus? Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't say there's much that I'd dispute there. I think it's a no. good starter. Again, another Christmas dinner for Maine. The side dish is a bit lazy. I would go for a, a, a B plus on that one. I think it's quite a nice meal. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing... I mean, the best part of it that made me feel like I wanted it was Nish's Rand's cooking. Yeah. I think we've got a, a, one of the episodes coming up. It's probably way off, but there's definitely just an element of that menu which mm. just makes me um, want to A plus it all the way okay. um, and that's like, again it's an Indian themed one you have to wait up for that one though okay, there's well, a Kumail uh, Najani's one I think ok uh, well we, we look forward to that one then yeah, yeah look forward keep keep listening but um, but for next week at least we've got Ashling B oh uh, yeah yeah which I'm looking forward to as well. It's the first one of these that I kind of remember what she picked, yeah. and I remember kind of being like, "Yeah, that's that's some good choices there." It's a good one. I'm not sure if I'm on board with all the uh, the uh, courses, but we'll get into that. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll dissect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay then. Well, um, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you as well. And um, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week for the off off menu of Ashling B. B okay Yay. bye bye everyone bye